Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, June 25th. In today's news, President Trump is deploying troops and marshals to protect monuments over July 4th. Tucson's police chief offers to resign after releasing unsettling body camera footage. And Trump is forging ahead with plans to have the U.S. military presence in Germany. But first, the big idea. Coronavirus infections set a single-day national record yesterday. The contagion is surging back as states continue to reopen. There were at least 38,173 new cases on Wednesday alone. This is more than any previous day during the whole pandemic, including those dark, dark days back in April. This time, the increases are mainly in the Sun Belt instead of the Northeast and Pacific Northwest. What's notable is that deaths so far are not rising in lockstep with rising caseloads. Partly, this is because a lot of the people who are getting sick now are younger and thus more resilient to the scourges of this virus. But Tony Fauci, the nation's top infectious disease expert, testified before Congress this week that the death toll is likely to rise soon and that there's just a longer lag time. So Arizona, Texas, and Florida, states that rushed to reopen early and are now experiencing runaway infection rates, could be bearing more dead in July. California reported more than 7,000 new cases yesterday, surpassing its previous record of 5,000, which had been set the day before. Oklahoma and Florida also hit new single-day highs on Wednesday. Coronavirus hospitalizations have tripled in Houston since Memorial Day, and Texas yesterday reported 5,500 new cases, the most in a single day, along with about 4,400 hospitalizations, up 300 from the record high set the day before. Overall, 2.36 million Americans have been infected, and at least 119,000 of our countrymen are dead, by far the largest numbers for any country in the world. Yesterday, the governors of New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut announced together that they want all travelers coming from the states I just talked about with surging infections to quarantine for 14 days if they come to visit. And the Dow tumbled more than 700 points as the record number of new cases rattled investors. All of this makes it harder for the president to follow through on his plans to return to aggressive campaigning. We learned overnight that dozens of Secret Service officers and agents have been told to self-quarantine after working Trump's Tulsa rally on Saturday. The agency told anyone involved in that Tulsa event to stay at home for the next 14 days. At least two Secret Service employees have tested positive. Now, Trump is planning a massive fireworks display for thousands of people at Mount Rushmore on July 3rd despite a decade-long ban on pyrotechnics at that iconic spot because of the high risk of forest fires in the dry woods around the mountain. There will be no social distancing or mask requirement for this gathering. The Trump campaign is leveraging the trip to raise money. The Interior Secretary and White House Senior Advisor Kellyanne Conway will appear at high-dollar fundraisers in South Dakota before the event, as will Don Jr. and his girlfriend. Meanwhile, 
The Democrats announced last night that Joe Biden will forego big crowds and much of the pomp and circumstance of a traditional political convention when he accepts his party's nomination in August in Milwaukee. The party is moving its convention from the city's basketball arena to a nearby smaller convention hall in an attempt to reduce the spread of the virus and establish a contrast with Trump, who plans on throwing a large and raucous convention in Jacksonville, Florida. He moved it from Charlotte so he would be able to do that. Meanwhile, the CDC and drug makers have decided to make millions of extra flu vaccine doses amid fears of an unprecedented flu season. Looking ahead to the fall, even though flu season doesn't begin for several months, the major flu vaccine manufacturers say that they plan to boost production by about 10% to about 189 million doses, up from 170 million last year. The idea is to ensure enough doses exist for an anticipated surge in people seeking flu shots. Lena Sun reports that the CDC has taken the rare step of buying 7 million doses directly from manufacturers to be distributed to states for adult vaccination. That's about 14 times what the agency typically purchases. Getting a flu shot does not protect against the coronavirus, sadly, but disease experts say that reducing episodes of flu could prove pivotal in freeing up space in hospitals and medical offices to deal with the potential second wave of COVID-19. Finally, as if we didn't have enough to worry about, an unusually thick, nearly 5,000-mile-long Saharan dust plume is sweeping toward our Gulf Coast. Because the dust has trekked so far, crossing the Atlantic, only the finest, most lightweight particulates have remained airborne as the mass nears America. Some of this dust may make it close to the ground, presenting health risks if it is inhaled. It's another reason to be careful out there and wear your mask. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar this Thursday. Number one, on the orders of Attorney General Bill Barr, U.S. Marshals have been told that they should prepare to help protect national monuments across the country through the July 4th holiday as Trump vows stern punishment, including up to 10 years of hard prison time, for anyone who vandalizes structures as part of the protests. The Marshall's Incident Management Team will start a joint operations center in Springfield, Virginia to coordinate. Every deputy in the Special Operations Group will be made available as soon as today to help. Internal correspondence, viewed by Post reporters Devlin Barrett and Matt Zapatowski, indicates that officials fear mobs will try to vandalize monuments over the holiday. Protesters attempted to topple a statue of President Andrew Jackson in a park outside the White House on Monday night, but police and riot gear intervened and stopped them. Separately, the U.S. Army yesterday activated about 400 unarmed members of the D.C. National Guard to protect monuments in the Capitol from being defaced. Interior Secretary David Bernhardt requested the Guardsmen to bolster the National Park Police. Alex Horton reports from the Pentagon that the Guardsmen are posted at an armory awaiting directions for when and where they will be used. The troops may carry face shields for personal protection, but the current plan is for them not to have tear gas or pepper spray. A park police spokesman declined to say where the agency needs support, saying that revealing which monuments will be protected would endanger officers and the other monuments. Sergeant Eduardo Delgado said, quote, we're dealing with extremists. Number two. The police chief in Tucson, Arizona, Chris Magnus, offered to resign during a news conference last night 
After releasing video footage that shows police officers in his department restraining Carlos Ingram Lopez, who died in their custody. The footage was recorded two months ago. Officers responded to a call about the 27-year-old Hispanic man running around naked and being uncontrollable. They wound up restraining him face down. The three officers involved resigned last week before the department's internal probe concluded. The video footage captured by one of the three officers' body cameras recorded Ingram Lopez wailing and apologizing, begging for water, pleading, and calling for his nana. The officers kept him there for about 12 minutes. Ingram Lopez went into cardiac arrest and then, despite officers' attempt to revive him, was pronounced dead at the scene. In North Carolina, three other officers were fired overnight after they accidentally recorded racist conversations in which they threatened to kill black residents and used racial slurs, including the N-word. And a Georgia prosecutor said yesterday afternoon that the three white men who were earlier charged in the death of black jogger Ahmed Arbery, which includes a former police officer, have been indicted by a grand jury on murder charges. If convicted, the three defendants would face a minimum of life in prison and could face the death penalty. Number three. Despite mounting blowback from Republicans up on Capitol Hill, Trump said yesterday that he is going to forge ahead with his plans to roughly have the U.S. troop presence in Germany to 25,000 as a cap. The president claims this is because Berlin doesn't spend enough on its own defense, but this is really being driven by personal peak. Trump particularly dislikes German Chancellor Angela Merkel, and he made the announcement that he was going to cut the U.S. troop levels after she refused to visit Washington this month for a Group of Seven summit. She said she was concerned about traveling to the U.S. with so many coronavirus infections that forced Trump to cancel the meeting of the industrialized nations, which undercut his narrative that the country is ready to reopen. But Trump was quite chummy yesterday with Polish President Andrzej Duda, the first foreign leader to visit the White House since the start of the pandemic. They had a Rose Garden news conference together, and Duda, who's up for re-election in just two weeks and facing a particularly close race against the mayor of Warsaw, has been trying to convince Trump to put U.S. troops in his country. He's even offered to name a military installation in Poland, Fort Trump. He said having American troops in Europe is an important check on the Russians. He'd just rather have them in Poland than Germany. Speaking of Russia, the Kremlin held its annual Victory Day military parade yesterday, and Vladimir Putin sought to shed the political setbacks of the coronavirus pandemic and drum up some national pride in preparation for a nationwide referendum on constitutional changes that would allow him to stay in power until 2036. Robin Dixon reports from Moscow that Putin shook hands with elderly veterans of World War II, people in their 80s and 90s, one of the groups most vulnerable to the coronavirus, and neither Putin nor the veterans wore masks. And President Trump's forthcoming meeting with another foreign leader has been canceled. Kosovo President Hashim Thasi was indicted on a range of war crimes, including nearly 100 murders, according to a special prosecutor in The Hague. That announcement, which came yesterday, was just three days before he was due at the White House for a special summit with Serbia that Trump was going to host. Thasi, who had already left Kosovo and was en route to Washington, turned around and returned home. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, June 25th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. 
I'll talk to you tomorrow.